Hi, hello, and welcome back to The Crib. This Friday, we are here for another episode of In The Making. I'm your host, Emily Smart, and I am double excited to be with y'all today because we've got double the fun with our roundtables. You know that we bring you a roundtable every week to learn how athletes are making it to the top of their sport, and we're still going to bring you that this week. We've got two USF Pro Championships drivers, Elliot Cox and Salvador de Alba, joined by none other than professional bull rider Mason Taylor, but this week we're going to bring you a special 2023 season preview with the series development director and voice of USF Pro Championships, Rob Howden, as well as Racer Magazine reporter, Marshall Pruitt. So make sure that you stay tuned with us and we are going to switch it right on up into our news and notes. And what bigger news is there right now than the fact that we're just one week away from the start of the season in St. Pete. Drivers have to make it to Sebring for some testing, but if you want full list of who those drivers are, you can make sure to follow us on all social media platforms where you can find them there. And we are actually going to go ahead and get into this traditional roundtable without any further ado because I know that that is what you are all waiting for. Returning back for another year of USF Pro 2000 competition, he had an impressive rookie year that included six top fives and two race wins. Please welcome Salvador D'Alba. We're so happy to have you here with us, Salvador. Hello, everyone. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, super excited about the, this new chapter in my in my career and uh, yeah, making making everything to, to make it better than last year. And we're definitely excited to learn about it as much as we are excited to learn about our next guest. He is a rider, not a driver, ascending to the upper levels of professional bull riding. Thank you for jumping aboard with us, Mason Taylor. Thank you for having me. And last but not least, moving up the ladder this season, advancing to USF 2000 after a year in USF Juniors. Hello, Elliot Cox. Uh, thank you for having me. All right, y'all. So let's get started with this roundtable. I think, I mean, I would hope that Elliot and Salvador have the same questions that I do because I don't know how much we know about <laughs> it. Mason, what is bull riding like? How have you gotten into it? What is that process? Um, you know, my dad did it for uh, 25 years and it was just a family deal. I was either going to ride bulls for a living or uh, play baseball and I wasn't all that good at baseball, so I made bull riding work. <laughs> all right. So would you say that adrenaline runs in the family? Oh, without a doubt. We're we're definitely a whole big old family of adrenaline junkies. And I just would love to know, you know, does that play into your families as well, Elliot or Salvador? Either one of y'all can take this first. But how much does adrenaline just being in your blood play into what you have to do? So actually – None, nobody in my family started out doing this. I'm the first first racing driver in my family. Um, my dad wanted me to be a fisherman, and my mom really was fine with that as well. Um, so I'm I'm the first one doing that. Yeah. What about well, you in my case, in my case, it's the the other way. Uh, my dad started uh, racing, but uh, well, here in Mexico, and uh, since I remember, I. I love racing and uh, yeah, I started racing and everyone in my family kind of uh, know what, what should happen and uh, yeah, I've been racing since I'm eight years old and all my family really wants to to support me and yeah, they, they're giving everything to, to make it happen and uh, yeah, super happy about it. And Sal, you actually went from racing NASCAR and Mes 
in, excuse me, in Mexico, correct? Yeah, I'm still racing NASCAR. Well, okay. uh, my whole my whole life I've been racing here in Mexico, and uh, I'm I'm continue to to racing here in Mexico and in the U.S. So, what is the di- what are the differences that you see, and what is it like, you know, just balancing the two at the same time? Yeah, well, it's uh, first of all the, the the trips, you know, it's uh, going to the U.S. and coming back to Mexico, like uh, having a races all over the year but well this is what every driver wants and loves to to race uh, as much as we can and yeah for sure it's a whole different story to race in in the u.s and even starting with the car you know uh here in mexico i'm i'm uh normally driving stock cars and when i went last year it was my rookie year and uh, my first time in a open wheel car so it was a a big, a big challenge for me, and well, I, I hope this year it's uh, uh, different because first of all, I know mostly uh, all the tracks in in the U.S. now. Right, and Elliot, what do you think are the differences between karting and racing? I know that y'all both have you know different journeys, so I would love to hear what your perspective is. Uh, karting and racing is a, is is pretty different. Uh, the break the braking technique's different. The load on the card, basically, the whole driving style is. It's a whole different ball game. It's a lot of fun to learn. It's a lot of a lot of technique and a lot of patience as well. Um, I think mainly the biggest thing to get used to for me was the braking and just more horsepower and how to deal with it. And you've actually kind of grown up with all of these guys. You've come up through the ranks here, and I know that you said that you didn't really have anybody in your family that got you into racing. How did you get into it, and what made you – how did you sell your parents on that? I know that has to be hard. It was actually when I was five years old. I had originally wanted a dirt bike, but nobody in my family thought that was a good idea. So me and my grandpa were spending a lot of time together, and he took me to a little go-kart store, comic cart sales, and we saw a little kid cart, and he said, do you want it? And I said, yeah. So he bought it for me without my mom and dad's permission and brought it home and asked uh, asked for my mom's help unloading it. And she freaked out on him, asked him what he was doing. Uh, she actually told me I'd never drive it anywhere but the grass. And she was actually the one who took me to a proper racetrack for the first time to get me lessons. And I just fell in love with it. Okay, cool, cool. I know that I've definitely had that experience, but my mom mostly did that just when I was learning how to drive a car, not one that goes like 200 miles an hour. So (laughs) similar, but different. And on the note of, you know, people caring about your safety, Mason, you're recently married, correct? How does your wife feel about you going in the arena? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, She... She's uh definitely knows um you know the risks every every time that I leave the house on the weekend and uh she's um not only has she been a great um supporter in my whole career she's just as tough on me as my dad or any of my mentors you know like she uh she wants me to win just as bad as I want to win so when when that doesn't happen she she kind of quits caring about my safety and she's like well why aren't you staying on try a little harder no that's really great you know I mean I think that it's awesome to see that you do have that support regardless because support is obviously something that's very important in helping make sure that you guys get to the top of your sport so Mason what does getting to the top of professional bull riding look like are there levels is there a classification system what is it 
Uh, yeah, there's actually three levels. Um, you know, there's the Terran Pro Division. There's the Velocity Tour. Um, that's kind of like the minor leagues. That's right under the big tour. And then the big tour is the Unleash the Beast. And I've been very fortunate enough to uh, – this is my fifth year on the big tour because um, you got to be 18 before you can ride in it. And I uh, – not only did I have a little bit of luck, but the great support system I had and, uh, you know, I've, I've been very fortunate enough to have been on tour since I was 18. So um, – there's been a lot of growing, a lot of speed bumps, and uh, having to mature a lot uh, in such a young career because I got on at such an early age. But um, I feel like that I'm on the other side of the learning curve now, and it's starting to be a lot of fun. And speaking of luck, Salvador, you had six top five finishes, two wins in your rookie year of USF Pro 2000. What was that like? What's that preparation like, and what was your journey like in getting to the top other than, you know, switching from racing to open wheel yeah well uh the whole year been uh uh up and downs but i i take the the ups and first of all that racing and racing in in the u.s and in at this level was uh such a such a great thing for me to happen and uh yeah well thankful for with everyone that that make make it happen all my sponsors and uh michelle who is an ex, ex indycar driver and uh yeah uh well winning is obviously the the best part and what what you uh, prepare and and your goal is to to do right but also as uh as mason was saying i think the the bombs and the and the troubles are are what make you make you learn and make you grow as a as a person and and i think uh we're having we're having to to take that that bad experience at that last year and uh, take it as a knowledge and and to make it better this year. Elliot, what would you say that the hardest thing that you've had to overcome is thus far? I know that you're young, but you've had a lot of experience compared to a lot of other people. There's a lot of things to overcome in racing. Just the the battle of growing through it. A lot of kids that came through karting grew up in racing um, with their parenting or their their family in racing and since I was a first first generation driver I have had I had to overcome probably a little more um, challenges just learning how to drive I have we had to go through a lot of driver coding and just just to get me to the place where I can compete at these high levels um, I think that's probably the biggest challenge I've had right so I'm sure that you know getting into the car is a challenge, especially based off of what you said with your parents. But what is the process of getting onto a bull? I know that we're we're constantly pulling back to the bull riding, but I just <laughs> I I feel like that would scare me. Just the mounting process. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially in what we get on in what's called a buck and shoot. Um, it's made out of metal, and sometimes when them bulls get a little rowdy in there, it's a little unforgiving. It hurts a little bit. <laughs> and what do you do if you? plateau in your sport you know I know that you know with drivers and racers there's maybe okay we do a different workout we do a car modification something like that but what do you do to make sure that you improve in your sport um that all starts and ends with uh you know putting the work in um if you're not putting the work in in the gym and with eating right and you know getting on practice bulls and you know stuff like that then there is going to be other guys that work 
harder than you do and they're going to excel a lot faster than you do. Um, and I feel like that that's why I had to go through some of the bumps in the road that I did because I wanted to take the old school route and be like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rough, tough cowboy that, that working out ain't going to help me none. You know, it's that, that I can be them day in and day out with just the way that I go about my regular day. And that's not how it works. Um, then the bulls are in just as great, you know, shape as any athlete or you know, how we go about what we do to get ready to get on them. The stock contractors get them bulls just as ready as we get ready. They, they work them bulls out. They feed them supplements. They feed them. them some of them bulls eat better than we do when we go eat dinner sometimes. Um, like they, they're getting taken care of in such great care that, uh, you know, they're athletes in their own right. Um, you know, they're bucking harder than they ever have um, in bull riding. They're, uh, they're breeding them to where they're bucking just, Sometimes that we're like, man, how are we going to stay on that? And that's where putting in the work every single day comes into factor, because if you're not, you'll hit the ground more times than you'll stay on them. So what does it look like for you, Elliot Salvador? Do you think that you could see yourself doing this? Could you, could, would you be willing to get on a bull? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. Definitely. I'll be scared about about, about, I will say driving that thing, but it's not driving, right? <laughs> but yeah, no, no, definitely. I don't see myself jumping on, on a bull. Yeah. For, and for I can me, promise I you, I ain't, so. I ain't going that fast in a car. So I, I feel just the same <laughs> way about how y'all feel about me. <laughs> I think for, yeah, for I think me, it would be the fact that I'm not strapped in and like on a wild animal. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be okay with that. Neither <laughs> my mom. <laughs> and I mean, in the same kind of vein, though, I guess Elliot, you and or you and Salvador are both driving a car that is that fast, and you're kind of I don't know. I mean, I guess you are more in control because the car isn't alive. But you know, how does that how does that work? I think the big thing for for drivers compared to mason is i think the comfort of being strapped in and in control of what we do for the most part we can control what happens in the car there's some circumstances that you can't but for the most part part, being in control of it it doesn't feel as fast as it really is and just as a driver it helps with the experience we have make it not as scary and what is so it? I can relate to I can relate to that, um, like what he's saying. When uh, you can control, you can control uh, a very good part of what's going on. But you know, there's sometimes in situations that you can't control really what what happens. It was just a freak deal that you know you don't plan for, but it happened. And um, in bull riding, like when we at most of us that have made it to the level that we're at in bull riding. Um, we've been doing it just like they've drove cars. They've driven cars their whole life. We grew up getting on sheep, calves, steers. Like we've been doing it our whole life as well. And uh, kind of like how he said that he's in control most of the time. We are too, in an, in a sense of that whatever whatever that bull does, we have to we have to match it. So you know whatever whatever he's doing, we it's our job to follow him around and match what he's doing. And when we're in the zone, like he said, it don't feel like they're going that fast. 
when I'm in my best zone and I'm riding the best, everything to me feels like it's going in slow motion. So I can relate to that in a big part of how he said that, you know, when you're, when you're control and you're in the zone and you just, you found that groove that, um, you know, you're going as fast as you are. It's kind of like you're going so fast. It's going in slow motion. Are y'all planning on going faster in 2023? Let's talk about this season. So I think that we can start it off with Elliot because you're going to be, you know, in a new series or excuse me, in a new level. Tell me a little bit about what you're expecting. Are you preparing for any significant challenges or is it more so just excitement? I'm excited. There's going to be a lot of new challenges for this season. Uh, obviously, the faster car with, with some more downforce on it in the USF 2000 compared to USF Juniors. I'll go to my first oval as well as street courses this year. I'm excited for that. I have, I have St. Petersburg next next week, actually. Um, I'm, I'm very excited. I've been preparing a lot on the simulator at Racecraft 1. Um, but I, I think it'll be fun. I'm excited for, the, for everybody. I know everybody in the crew has been working hard and a lot of stuff goes into it in the off season. I'm just, I'm ready to go. And Salvador, you won on an oval last year. Are you excited to, you know, heck, make another incredible moment this season? What are you most excited for on the track? Well, yeah, uh, the answer is of course, yes. I'm, I really want to, to make things better this year. And, uh, I've been, I've been preparing the, the most I, the most I can, uh, finishing every, every workout at the gym and yeah, as, uh, as Elliot says, uh, we're ready for, for St. Petersburg uh, next, next week. And yeah, my sec my third time on a street course will be, will be fun to be again in St. Pete, which is a great event. And, uh, yeah, just, just, uh, trying to do our best and hoping, hoping more wins and podiums come, come this year. And what about you, Mason? I know you said, I think you said this is your fifth year. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. So tell me just a little bit about what you're excited for this year. How are you planning on making it different? What is 2023 like for Mason? Uh, 2023 would be, uh, you know, that finally um, all the hard work and dedication has paid off, um, which is at the end of May that I can hold up what we call uh, a gold buckle, and that would be the world championship. So. I'm a little bit far behind. I've been out with a little nagging injury, but um, I just got released yesterday. So uh, this next weekend will be my first event back, and I'm just ready to uh, step on the gas and not let off. <laughs> so, Mason, I heard you saying earlier that you're building your own bucking arena in your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> so what is that process like? I know that that's probably something that you're doing a little bit differently to make sure that you can train better for this season. Yes, for um, for sure. Uh, you know, I didn't grow up with all the all the money in the world, and uh, so that's why I worked as hard as I did. And now that uh, now that I've got a little bit of money, I'm able to have some things that I wasn't um, that I wasn't allowed to have as a kid. Um, so I'm very fortunate enough to be able to have my own bulls in my own bucking arena now. Uh, so I can buck bulls anytime I want, day or night, with my buddies by myself. Um, so. That's actually what we're going to do. Uh, as soon as I get off here, we're actually going to – it's all done now, so we're going to buck some bulls this afternoon. <laughs> Exciting stuff. Salvador, is there anything that you've done that's maybe a little bit, you know, extra outlandish in the process of trying to train? <laughs> well, I don't have a 
a track on my backyard as as uh, Mason is having a <laughs> an arena in his backyard. But no, yeah, and here uh, this this year I've been I've been cutting a lot. Well, this start of the season and the end of the other one, which uh, at the end I think uh, the cart the cutting is uh, much similar as a uh, as an open wheel, which everything goes uh, very fast in in that thing. So yeah, I think I think that will will help a lot, and I I hope to and. Uh, yeah, preparing myself physically. I think I think I know what what were the downsides of uh, last year, and and yeah, just uh, trying to make it and work work hard every every day. I think in 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 every sport, it's a it's the main thing, right? Uh, working hard and uh, preparing yourself to 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 make good. And you're at a track right now. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I just heard a car. Yeah, I'm I'm on the track just making the preseason of the of one of one uh one championship we're racing here in Mexico and uh, yeah, just making the the preseason here. I think uh, it will help a little bit also to to next uh, next Monday and Tuesday that we're testing at Sebring for the for the official testing. And Elliot, how excited are you for this week starting off in St. Pete? What are you most or what are you training for most or expecting most here? just in your first race at the top of the season? Uh, like I said, I'm excited. Um, I've never raced a, a street course before, so I think the, the walls will be a challenge. Just knowing your way around, seeing how it's driven compared like a normal, typical street circuit will be interesting. I've heard it's kind of like Sebring bumps-wise, so I, that'll be fun. I love Sebring. It's one of my favorite tracks. So it's it's going to be a big challenge with a new car and new racing style but i think it's a challenge that i'll be able to tackle and hopefully get some good results and we're all so very excited here in the crib to see what you guys do coming up this season and we just wanted to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of in the making today it was great talking to you all and we cannot wait to see what you have coming up thank you thank you Thank you for having us, and see you soon. I guess amazing you invited to to all the all the races here, and well, there in the U.S. Heck yeah! I'd I'll love tag to along. Come watch. <laughs> Thank you all so much again for joining us for that fantastic roundtable. But now we're going to switch it on up and get into the one that you've been waiting for, the 2023 season preview, with quite the dynamic duo to talk about it. He is the series development director and voice of the USF Pro Championships, as well as the publisher and editor-in-chief of eCardingNews.com. Thank you for joining us, Rob Howden. Emily, it's a pleasure to be here and excited to talk about uh, this year's program because it's good. The, the fields look good and uh, I'm ready to get down to St. Petersburg. Alongside him, he's been covering motorsports for over 30 years and has been part of the racing world for even longer. Seeing the sport evolve and grow, a warm welcome to Marshall Pruitt. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am so happy to be here. We are so happy to be here with you too, and I am so excited for this roundtable because we are just one week out from St. Pete. Super exciting time. The schedule is somewhat similar to last year, but there are some new things. What are what races are you guys most excited for? I'll get things kicked off, I guess. You know, I, I always like going to the street circuits. I think that's a big thing for the young drivers in our programs. It's a development program, so we really kind of pressure them. Obviously, out of the gate at St. Petersburg, it's pretty tough for the young rookies in USF 2000 who have never been there before, been to the, the Concrete Canyon. 
but that in Toronto, I think, are big events. But Marshall, we got a couple of different races. We're, we're going to go back to the Sebring for the first time, I think, since 2014. And uh, we'll be back. Say, it was the same time I think we were there with uh, the uh, the Circuit of the Americas as well, too. So those are two really two tracks. I think it'll be interesting to see what how it all plays out. The one I look forward to most every year is St. Petersburg. Not only do we get the full rotation of all the USF uh, championships presented by Cooper Tires, it's the statement maker, right? We go into that first race every year across all three championships. Now, obviously, with uh, USF Juniors being such an awesome uh, start to uh, our ladder, but we go to that first race and you have all the young talent. Some of them, Rob, as we know, returning for a second year, maybe a third, again, depending on what level they're coming in. But we have the names that we know and we kind of think are going to be special. We know the teams that we should look out for. But there's always a couple of kids in every class that says, hey, I read your season previews. You didn't really <laughs> mention me too much. I'm going to fix that. And they get to St. Pete and show us, oh, you know what? Look out. Uh, this young man, this young woman, this young whomever, they are on a mission. So that's why I love this opening race. And Rob, I mean, if we think back to last year in USF 2000, boy, Miles Rowe sent a heck of a message. But boy, that big crash. Really, if you look at how the season played out points-wise, if you count back, boy, opening weekend actually was a little bit of a deficit that he sure uh, could have used in his favor to close the season. Michael D'Orlando uh, taking it at the last minute. But again, you look at how this first race of the year can set so many things in motion and also introduce us to some new names we didn't know we should put some respect on right away. Yeah, that's, that's no, no doubt about that. That's, it's a race, like you said, uh, everybody comes in at, at different levels. The drivers have been there before, know this racetrack. We're only on the track five times, right? So out of the gate, it's the veterans that are always quick. It's the rookies that are kind of further back. But like you said, last year, that battle, uh, we saw up front with Miles Rowe. We saw Jace Denmark come through for a race win there. He ended up being in the battle with his teammate through to the very end. And it's hard to look at those one races, right? Where, man, if he, he hadn't gotten that incident Miles did in the very first race, he would have been maybe in a better spot at the end of the year in Portland. But it was that race and him coming back and then winning the next day, which kind of showed you who he was, right? Here's a guy that can come back after uh, absolute disaster start to the season and then get it done and then show it throughout the rest of the season. I'm really look, I'm actually looking forward to what he's going to be able to do in uh, USF Pro 2000 as well. And Marshall, it sounds like you keep saying that there are these drivers under the radar that we don't know. It sounds like you're on to something that we're not. Who are these names that we should be looking out for? Some bold predictions early. No, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm on to anything that Rob isn't a master of at the moment. <laughs> but like USF Juniors, I so love this new class. I'm so thankful to Chris Pantani, Cooper Tires, Dan Anderson, Michelle Kish at Anderson Promotions, all the partners involved in making it happen because it's added a, a new twist and a new element, right, Rob? Normally... We have these bad, fast kids coming out of karting, stepping into the, the ladder previously into US F2000, their first real uh, slicks and wings cars. And you, in particular, would definitely know all the hot young karting talent making that leap uh, to the ladder. Now that we have something prior to that we, with USF Juniors, we get to know some of this talent uh, in a new way, not necessarily right out of karting straight to one of the faster cars, but a little more of an intermediate step. So 
uh, you know, I look at someone like a, a Jack Jeffers or an Ethan Ho, and if I, I had anything to say about the strength of USF Juniors, Rob, it's probably what Mac Clark did last year, end of the season at Portland, right? Yeah. You've been training and developing in USF Juniors. Not really a class where you expect IndyCar team owners to perk up and say, oh, let me go find this kid at the <laughs> bottom rung. But then you have Mac and his father and our friend, the mayor of Hinchtown, saying, hey, let's go try, uh, let's go step up towards the end of the season, get a feel, boom, a win. And I think what yeah. Mac did in particular legitimized for those who weren't sure already if USF Juniors was a place to make young talent. I think Mac did something huge for the series to say, oh, yeah, 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 we're getting them ready, and there's real talent here. So I'm looking for who's the next Mac, who are the next couple of Macs. Who are you seeing, Rob, in USF Juniors where you go, aha, talent to watch? Yeah. Well, I think the big thing was the reason why we kind of made that move to start the USF Juniors program was the kids that were coming out of Carding or to the other programs jumping into USF 2000 straight there. It was a big jump. The level of competition in USF 2000 over the last five, six years has grown, grown to the point where those guys coming out were like 17th, 18th on the grid, and that's not really where you want a talented driver to be. So we start USF Juniors, bring them into our culture, figure out the way we run races and understand our people, and they're, they're a lot more comfortable when they roll in. Like, like you said, Matt Clark wins the championship in USF Juniors last year at Coda, then comes into Portland, a, kind of a last-minute deal. But he knows everybody. He's, con he's, he's consistent with the team. He knows the team. He knows the people. And he came in with a lot of momentum and was able to run up front and then score the victory, as you said, after some you know, some little bit of argy-bargy up front going into, into turn number one, two, and three. But uh, to see what he was able to do and the momentum he's going to have moving in as a, as a rookie in USF 2000 this year, it puts a lot of spotlight on USF juniors, like you said. And obviously there's three big teams, right? D-Force Racing, VRD Racing, and Exclusive Autosport. You've got DC Autosport there as well. And a new team out of Mexico called Ram Racing. They're actually multi-time champions in the NACAM F4 Series down in Mexico. So they're going to be in the hunt as well. We have 14, maybe 15 or 16 drivers for the first race, which is at the end of March in Sebring. And I think you look at some of the guys maybe uh, who were there last year, like a Quinn Armstrong, right? A young Australian running for D-Force Racing. He was pretty good last year. Um, I like Max Taylor to be fast as well. Joey Brienza, I think, is definitely one to watch. Joey ran uh, a bunch of uh, F-1600 races last year, dabbled in USF 2000. But he's going to focus with exclusive autosport on USF Juniors this year. And I, th I think Jack Jefferson is going to be one that's going to impress everybody. He won the Lucas Oil School of Racing uh, Championship last year. And from what I've been told, very, very quick out of the gate in testing. So uh, when we get to Sebring, finally we get to see everybody together. Everybody's going to be on the clock. That's a, a good opportunity for us at spring training, which is next Monday and Tuesday. to kind of see where everybody slots in because we are going to be racing at Sebring this year. It's the first time, like I said, uh, Marshall, since 2014, you got to go back to Scott Hargrove and yeah. Neil Alberico for Cape Motorsports <laughs> winning that year at, uh, at Sebring. So it's been a long time since we've been there, but we'll have all three series there too as well, which is the only time we'll do that this year. We're teaching them young, Rob, to respect the bumps. <laughs> and you mentioned one thing as well, which I think obviously applies to all three steps of the uh, USF championships. You mentioned the teams. And yeah, of course, there are you know a handful of big teams, just like we have in IndyCar, right? Big three, big four teams. We have some big and powerful teams at all three steps, some that work across multiple uh, steps uh, in the championships. 
but it's the it's the growth there that I love as well, Rob. And and I don't know if I speak about this enough, or write about this enough. And of course, we're here focused on young drivers and talent and and getting them up to IndyCar one day, hopefully. But good lord, another big strength, year to year strength in terms of growth, whether it's a new team as you mentioned, Rob, or a team expanding to more entries. Again, full credit to Anderson Promotions for creating a positive and healthy environment for these young, uh, in many cases young, but uh, newer business owners who've said, I can invest. Let me start USF 2000 uh, Pro, whatever level. There's a good business reason to do this. There's talent, there's sponsorship going to come our way. I'd love to hear some more thoughts about that. And again, not just juniors, but applies across all three levels of we're thriving in the USF championships presented by Cooper Tires. Yeah, I think you're right. I think all the stuff that we've done with the series, you know, Dan and Michelle have been able to put together, and, and you go ever from the, from the tech side to PR to hospitality, the, the package we put together is on such a high level that it attracts people to come to the program, you know. Punkos Racing leaving, Cape Motorsports leaving, man, that's tough. But then we fill the the, uh, the Hunkos Racing with Tim Neff and TJ Speed. I know he's got three great drivers. We have another brand new team kind of uh, coming up from Brazil called Neotech that'll run Nick Montiero this year in USF uh, Pro 2000 as well. So another te- new team into the program. But then you talk about the development as well. USF Juniors, one of the you know the big teams at that level, the kind of really young level, was Dan Mitchell with VRD Racing. Well, you know he had what one car maybe last yeah. year usf 2000 was able to win with alex quinn in indianapolis he's gonna have five cars this year i was gonna say he's got 27 like, cars or some crazy it's amazing amount. yeah he's yeah. got a great culture on his team he loves to win he pushes those guys really hard so again we always talk about we used to be the road to and even now it's obviously the usf pro championships we continue to develop not just drivers like you said but the team's expanding, moving their way forward, right? Hunkos racing ended up coming through our whole program to go to the ntt indycar series and now with Callum Eilop, they could be you know, standing on the podium a couple times this year. So we're, everybody's growing, whether it's drivers, teams, and I know a lot of mechanics end up starting with us and then moving up into the IndyCar program as well. And now that we've kind of gotten started with some team talk, which driver lineups have you excited this season? Uh, all right. That's, uh, I like that a lot because one of the biggest things, I know, Marshall, I know you've been probably doing some research to get yourself up to speed on it, but it's an interesting year in USF 2000 because so many of the top drivers from last year have either moved up into USF Pro 2000 or potentially moved on to other programs. We have some drivers going sports car racing as we do every year. To me, USF 2000 is literally wide open, right? You look at Jacob Douglas from Exclusive Autosport last year, who over the second half of the season, like I always say, the rookies get better in the second half from Road America on. He started being top five, kind of three top fives in the second half of the season. I think he's going to be really good out of the gate. But again, I think you have to watch for Matt Clark. You already mentioned him. He's coming in with so much momentum, had the win last year. And I just did an insider podcast with him, Marshall, and we talked about the importance of that victory and of running well at Portland because now he already knows he can do it. So he's not coming into St. Petersburg with an unknown of where am I going to fit in here? He already knows he can beat these guys. He, he, bet, he beat the establishment last year. Now he's going to be one of the top rookies coming in. And I think he's going to be a guy to watch in St. Petersburg from, you know, from the very first time they get on track. Yeah, and you're right. As I look at uh, USF 2000, it is very much, a, not entirely, we have a couple kids returning, but very much of a, a clean the slate type season, right? Yeah. We're, we're not carrying in big names from last year who finished second or third, you know, we're on the cusp of a title and are coming back to claim it. But 
I look at uh, Evagoras Papasavas, I think, you know, as young as he is, not just in age, but also experienced, boy, that kid seems like he's got a lot of, uh, lot of upside there. Uh, among all the all those that you mentioned as well, Andre Castro. I know the uh, the future star team is really excited about him. I mean, a fun note there: Alan Mertens, designer of the 1992 Indianapolis 500 winning Galmer 92C chassis, driven yeah. by Alan Sir Jr. I mean, he makes his living these days doing things in the area of, of nuclear power for the government we can't fully get into. But what is what is crazy Allen going to be doing? He's coming back to uh, lend his race engineering talents. I mean, these kids might have looked up a little bit of YouTube stuff, but they have no idea who they're getting. Yeah. Just right. But just great stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Pabst Racing, again, uh, boy, they sure were strong last year. So, uh, Simon Sykes is someone who uh, I have my eye on for sure. Yeah. I think that, that's a kid who, if you and I are talking about him later in the year fighting for a championship, I don't think we'd be surprised. So, yeah, uh, compared to me, uh, compared to the top step of our ladder, uh, USF, uh, US Pro 2000, USF 2000, I am looking at as one where who's going to tell us they're special. We know there's a lot of talent, but again, seems like a bit of a, a wide open frontier, Rob, of lots of names you and I think are going to stand out, but someone needs to step up and claim it. You move up one step to the top step of the uh, Anderson Promotions ladder, maybe a little bit different, right? Where we look, there's, there's some heavy hitters for sure there who it's going to take maybe some of the other kids to have to knock their way through to let us know uh, they're to be reckoned with. Yeah, let's cap first with that USF Juniors. I only want to say this because USF Juniors last year, of course, the whole concept was to develop these drivers to move forward. We talked about Matt Clark already, but three of the top four drivers in the points last year are moving up as well. Uh, Sam Corey with VRD Racing and Nikita Johnson, who also ran at Portland, was like uh, was a front-running driver there at Portland as well. I think those guys are one, the ones to watch. But, you know, the bottom line is for this program, USF Pro 2000 is it's the biggest grid we've had since 2014. It was almost so, 20 cars. We're gonna we're gonna end, we're gonna end up with 19 cars. And as you said, Marshall, it's 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 stacked because you get you get a Louis Foster doing well, right? <laughs> Louis comes over, runs GB3, comes over and wins the uh, the USF Pro 2000 championship. Now he's in, in Indy next with Andretti Autosport. Well. It's kind of it's got people thinking again. People looking back. Joel Grandforce is one of the drivers who's, who's going to run for exclusive Osport. Another driver from GB3. We're going to start seeing more drivers come over to kind of go against the status of the people who were here, kind of the the established drivers of this USF Pro Championships. But I love seeing Europeans come over to race. This is going to be a lot of fun with Joel. And you know, I feel like this is a very unique community in that. It's a sport where you're really molding these kids from the ground up. What is it like to just be alongside them for all of this growth and this progress? That's been some well, of all, the... I... oh, Go, Marshall. Sorry, go yeah, you go. No, you go, Marshall. Go. Some of my favorite times in motor racing as a young mechanic or as a young race engineer or whatever, uh, I spent most of my career product moving over to the media in junior open wheel in America, uh, back in the day in Super V, in Formula Atlantic, Indy Lights and such, uh, USF 2000. Um, it's phenomenal working with not only those who you realize, 
this kid's going straight to the top, but also those where you go, hey, they've got something, but some barnacles to knock off. There's, you know, they're going to take a couple corners off the car this year. Uh, we're we're going to have to make sure our, our front rear wing budget's pretty strong because uh, they're going to learn by through experiential moments, uh, meeting concrete and tire barriers and whatnot. But it's that kind of stuff that is so fun where you say, I see the raw talent. Maybe you aren't the almost finished product when we get you at whatever step, but we see that talent and let's work on it. And look, if you make the same mistake two, three times, we're going to get a little barky at you. But otherwise, you're here to learn. Not every test you take, you're going to get a 100% score. You know, you might get a B, a C, a D, who knows sometimes, but <laughs> it's so much fun, which Rob can attest to with all of his years in karting where you have a kid and you go, you got something, let's develop it. Let's see your personality. Let's see you in your days where you're less than confident, but maybe something clicks and goes right and you see them kind of swell and that, you know, their chest yeah. uh, gets full and their parents as well. That's something else, Rob, we can't forget is, we, we focus so much on the kids and, and their talent, where they're going. But you also have to remember, mom, dad, whomever, they probably are, are working crazy extra shifts or selling whatever they can to help fund this. And so this journey for their children, it's a family affair and it's a whole thing where you get to see the hopes and dreams of an entire family for their son, son or daughter, whomever, to uh, to make progress. So look i cover indycar for a living i have for a while i love it i know all these knuckleheads etc the private part of the race weekends for me is when i'm done with that work and i can go sneak away and go down to pit lane or go press my nose up against the fence during a, a us usf whatever session and just see this future generation normally you'll see someone next to you with a headset and a radio and you realize, oh, that's someone's mom or dad. And you start to notice that <laughs> yeah. they're pointing at, you know, their kid going by in whatever car. And you just see them and you realize that this is such a beautiful thing. Beyond talent and sport and wins and all these things which they aspire towards, you go, this is a really beautiful American tradition. I realize it's, it's done elsewhere in the world. But for us, North American tradition, it's a beautiful tradition. Every year, new waves of kids coming in moving up seeing their not all their hopes are realized but it's just such a beautiful thing to watch and to be a part of so it never gets old for me i mean 16 years old was my first time getting involved in this stuff i'm 52 and it has never ever stopped being amazing and fun and just energizing yeah you brought, you brought up two different parts of it marshall as well right there's the driver and there's the family as well there's so much that goes on behind the scenes uh, we talk about developing the drivers they're learning all the way up but well, the, the parents are learning just as much because as we know to be able to get to indycar unless you have a huge bankroll it's the parents that are learning behind the scenes how to do the partnerships the investments the sponsorships they're working so hard on it and so you see the stress of them on pit lane walking back and forth and you know, wearing out different pair of shoes every weekend because uh, of the stress they have and then the drivers over here just getting a chance to do the, the fun part which is just the racing part and whatever it may be but like you said, it, the great thing for at least for me is because of my connection I have in karting to watch them come up from their first cadet races. I remember Sage Caram and Santino Ferrucci and cadets. I was one of 
Robert Wickens' first sponsors when he ran uh, 80cc Shifter with James Hinchcliffe and, and, and Graham Rahal running at the Scusa Super Nationals. But when they get into the program, into our ladder program, into the USF Pro Championship, it's the year-on-year growth. And I'm sure you see it, Marshall, as well. You'll see them at the racetrack, right? I see them maybe a lot more than you do. But the driver that leaves Portland and the driver that rolls into St. Petersburg is so radically different. They've grown up so much. It's, it's unbelievable how much they've matured, especially when you're in that 16, 17, eight years, 18 years of age. They hit the gym more. They could be like a spin league kid in Portland, and they, all of a sudden they show up at St. Petersburg, and they've been pumping weights, and they, they're ripped. And you're like, where did this kid come from? So <laughs> it's something that people hear me say all the time because I always tell a young driver who's stressed early on in their season as a rookie, I say, listen, I said, would the 2024 you beat the 2023 U? And they're like, yeah, of course I would. I'm saying the kids you're racing against right now that are beating you are already the 2024 you. Don't worry, you're going to get there. And at the end of the season, you're going to be that guy. But don't stress yourself that you're not here yet. They're a year ahead of you, and that's why they're there. So I always ask the question, as I will in St. Petersburg, how much different do you feel now than you did last year? And they'll just shake their head and say, you were right. I'm so much of a different driver and a person one year on. Sage wisdom from Rob Howden, (laughs) something we're accustomed to. And American Junior Open Wheel Racing. So with the knowledge that, you know, anything can happen at any time, let's get into some bold predictions. I'm gonna ask I'm going to ask some hard questions. Who are your title favorites for this year? Marshall, you wanna start? Well, I was going to say, we uh, maybe before we get into that, why don't we jump into, uh, why don't we close things off with uh, some thoughts about some of the hot rods in USF Pro 2000, because I know so I like happy after a long winter of trying to find a home, so happy that uh, USF 2000 champ Michael D'Orlando is indeed uh, not only found a home, but a great home with our friend Peter yeah. Dempsey. Uh, looking like a team owner these days, you know, got got a couple extra pounds on them, which you should stress <laughs> eating, right? Turn three motorsports, so happy for our boys uh, there. But I mean, Bijoy Garg, I thought he put in some some great work last year. Not a, a complete puzzle yet, but I thought Bijoy really stood out to me as someone where you go, okay, there there is something here for sure obvious overstatement in Kiko Porto, right? I know last season wasn't everything he hoped for. That's no indictment of the talent that kid has, Rob. Wow. So I'm hoping this year is more representative of of what he'd hoped uh, last year would be. Jordan Missig, for sure. Jace Denmark, he told us last year, there's something real. Buckle in. I I got something for you. Um, I'll save a, a couple others for, for you to highlight as well, Rob, but I'll tell you one kid who continues to impress me, I think flies below the radar more than he should in terms of, of talent recognition, Jack William Miller. A uh, <laughs> bit of a team change, right? Uh, last, You know, changed things up last year. Um, I think where this kid could go, it's just sky high. And so he's another one who I look at and say, if things go well, I don't know about you, brother, but I'm looking at a championship scrap when we get down to the last couple of rounds. If it's not five, six, seven deep, I will be shocked. Yeah. 
I agree. And it, it, to, make, to go back to Jack, they actually finally, literally just today, like a couple hours ago, an hour ago, confirmed that they'll be back. Everybody knew they were coming, but they kind of made the announcement. But he's he's that driver you talked about that's just a little bit rough around the edges, right? He'll make a little mistake here, a little mistake there. Uh, they did have that technical partnership with Exclusive Autosport last year that helped him out a bit, but he's still spin off of that. They're back uh, roll, rolling solo again. The kid's got all, all the makings. He's, he's got the speed. He can run top five. He can run top three. He can win races. And I think he could be one of those drivers that if he does win a couple of races or wins a race, it could open up the floodgates for him a little bit because it'll give him the confidence he needs. But, you know, you mentioned Bajoy and Kiko at D-Force Racing. Uh, exclusive Autosports lined up a tremendous group of drivers here this year. Um, I mentioned Joel Groundforce coming over from GB3. You've got Yuvin Sooner Murthy, who's a multi-time winner in USF 2000. It'll be his second year. He's going to look very strong. Salvador de Alba, who mm. ran for J. Howard Driver Development last year. Sneaky good. Um, got better and better as he got more comfortable. This is a guy that runs the Super Copa Series, NASCAR Mexico as well. Big, you know, the big cars. He tested for, I believe it was Andretti a couple of years ago in Indy Next, but ended up uh, with the uh, uh, Jay Howard last year. I think I think he's a championship contender. I think Salvador de Alba, who won two races last year, one on the oval, one on the road course, I think he will be a championship contender, no doubt. Uh, Sundar Murthy could be as well. Um, Miles Rowe and Chase Denmark, along with Jordan Missick, the whole PAX team, who did they weren't 100% last year. They were kind of just you know battling to get into the top five and into the podium. We'll see whether or not those three drivers line up. I know that the the obviously Miles has his his approach to every race. Jace more maybe of a tactician, right? I worked with Jace at the Super Nationals. He was actually my my uh, driver coach when I ran ran that karting event in Las Vegas. I saw a different side of him, a, t- a technical side, the you know how he was going over data and trying to get me to do what what he wanted me to do. And I was I was super impressed with him there. I think Marshall, and I, I don't I don't follow F two enough uh, enough, but I think that the lineup for TJ Speed looks really interesting. Obviously Christian Weir moving up into USF Pro two thousand. He'll be kind of a, a wild card and how much he picks up and how how quick he is out of the gate. But you got Liram Zendelli, you've got Francesco Pizzi. These are two drivers that we don't, don't really know a lot about. So I think it'll be kind of fact-finding through the first half of the season. Wanted to add, just add one more thing to this, and this is just more credit to Anderson Promotions and the environment they've created. We we're speaking earlier about uh, loving international talent coming over to uh, test themselves and hopefully get their way up to uh, IndyCar. I was just looking at the uh, uh, USF Pro 2000 uh, spring training entry list and was just giggling. I'm like, okay, New York, got it. And, you know, we got Arizona, California, Illinois, Indiana, et cetera, Wisconsin and, and whatnot. Uh, Ireland, Mexico, Germany, Brazil, Italy, Mexico, Sweden, right? I love it's it. A beautiful yeah. thing, Rob. And, and again, we it is. You have tons of homegrown talent. Uh, not enough Canada in here for my liking, but you know we'll, we'll keep working on that. I know you and the mayor are trying to trying to make that happen. You're, you're that's it. Uh, you know planting seeds and, and watering them plenty, but <laughs> this is a beautiful thing, right? I mean this is a this is a country made up of folks from throughout the world, and I love nothing more than just that uh, folks sending their kids here to come and try and learn, and grow, and see if they have what it takes to make it to the top of uh, North American open wheel racing. So. I just look at everything going on, and I'm not saying this is just some homer. I'm saying this in, in all honesty. I'm more excited about this season of uh, what we have with the USF Championships presented by Cooper Tires than any uh, I can remember because there's just so much cool stuff, whether it's you know that, that all the new kids coming into USF Juniors, some of them we know about, but some most who are going to let us know what they're about. 
the slate being more or less clean on uh, USF 2000, and then oh, we got a <laughs> stacked card at the at uh, the top of the ladder, USF Pro 2000. So, uh, yeah, we're we are blessed, Rob, with with some great content here. Thanks to some great people making it happen. Yeah, and it bodes really well for the Indian Next program as well. We, we, I've always talked about the fact that the growth of the USF Pro 2000 program over the last couple of years since we brought the new car in in 2018 when we only had, what, six full-time drivers in 2017, that kind of played its way to having uh, the Indy Next program with, with lesser cars. But we graduated four, five, six drivers last year into that program, and now we have 19 right in pro 2000 so there's an opportunity to even graduate even more you could have 20 21 22 cars in indy next next year and that's what part of what we do right we're here to develop drivers and move them up to the ntt indy car series so listen we, we talked about all these drivers are we going to throw a couple of names out do you have somebody you think you're looking at maybe a couple of guys that maybe are the front runners for the championship oh no i'm hanging that one around your neck but i did want to announce <laughs> here that uh we're going to have a new USF Juniors team, Howden Pruitt Motorsports, coming to you soon. So uh, no, we're going to no. have you more talent. I'm going to slim down. <laughs> I once was able to, to fit and drive a Formula Ford, so I'm trying to get back into that shape. So give me about 50. There you go. I'll get there. But no, tell me, uh, I'm leaning on you, brother. You are the insider of insiders. Uh, if I, granted, I don't have a lot of money, but uh, if, I'm, if I'm ringing Las Vegas, who am I putting my money on? Well, again, it's it's the fact you get the second-year drivers, right? I, I went to Salvador de Alba as a guy I think is going to be there. I think even Sundar Murthy is going to be strong. Again, you go over to the championship-winning team, exclusive autosport with John Hayes. You, I know you know John really well. He's been around Man. a long time. I met him. I, I first met him when he was working for PR1, I think, in USF 2000. Uh, but I really believe that, that that team's going to be strong out of the gate again. And, and again, for me, the wild card is what will Joel Grandforce do coming over like a Louis Foster. Does he pick it up just like Louis did? And is he going to come out of the gate being strong? So that's three drivers literally at exclusive autosport with that championship winning team that could come out of the gate strongly. But but we know what D-Force can do. We know what Kiko Porto can do. Uh, and again, you get some of the drivers ready to step things up. Uh, again, you said Jack Miller. He's the wild card for sure. Can Jack Miller settle himself down, stay focused, and come out of the gate with a couple of good runs at St. Petersburg. I think that's key for Jack. A couple of podiums at St. Petersburg or a win, I think that'll set him his mind cor correct where he needs to be for the first half of the season. But yeah, I, for, first and foremost, I look at Grand Forest and probably De Alba as being the two I'll watch right now. Well, Marshall, I really hope that we get to see you make your comeback sometime soon, even if it isn't the <laughs> 2023 season. But... What an exciting time for St. Pete to be coming up here in just a few days. Thank you all so much for joining us and giving us the lowdown on what this season is going to be like in the series. It was awesome talking to you and see you in St. Pete. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate you. Thank you, Emily. I appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing everybody trackside St. Pete. We'll start this 2023 season. Thank you so much, Rob and Marshall, for joining us. And thank you all for joining us these last few weeks as we have gotten started within the making, getting it off the ground. It's been so incredible to have you here with us in the crib week after week. But we're actually going to be taking a little break to get the season kicked off in St. Pete. But we will be back in just a few weeks. So make sure to follow us on social media so that way you know when we will be back here in the crib. In the meantime, I'm your host, Emily Smart. It has been great hanging with you, and we'll see you next time.